0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Grizz Den Pod. It's a cold night in Memphis, but our front office is on fire. So hot. So Welcome hot. to Ty Smith. He's here, my co-host. Uh, we, It's just the two of us yep. today. Um, now, the Grizzlies made a, a lot of new additions yep. to their team. None bigger than. But the Grizz Den podcast <laughs> made an addition today as well. Uh, Brantley is not here, as you'll notice. Uh, he actually just had a baby girl. He and his wife. Uh, his wife and his, do- his baby girl are doing well. Yep, doing
1: great. Uh, just just kind of FaceTimed him a little bit.
0: Let's go. Waverly Grace Davidson. Um, so we're really happy for, for them uh, throw him a shout out on Twitter. Um, we're just, we're just so excited to now have two Grizz Cubs. In the All podcast. the Cubs. Um, Guys, follow us on Twitter at Grizzden, Instagram at Grizz underscore Den. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Shout out to our one star yeah. review
1: on iTunes. We have so last time I checked it, which I was gonna rate us because I'm trying to help things out too, you know, <laughs> like self promotion yeah, Totally, it's like voting yourself for an all star. Bradley Bill did it, you know. That's why can't true. Why can't I do it? Um, but yeah, we have eleven ratings and ten five stars and one. Solo one star. I'm gonna
0: give him a shout out every time. Shout out one star. What's up?
1: Yeah, good for you, man. We need that. We need that. It's just gonna get us going. All Making right. us better.
0: This is an exciting episode. I'm gonna roll out the agenda so for exciting. you guys. I'm gonna roll out the agenda because we got a lot to talk about and we needed to we needed to keep ourselves organized here. So first thing, we're gonna talk about just the timeline from last night. Where we started with the tweets from Woes and Shams to where we got to today uh then we're going to give a farewell to Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill um who just were unbelievable veterans yep. um maybe do some comparing and contrasting with Andre Iguodala in there um then we're going to roll out a new segment it's called five things and basically what we're going to do is we're going to give you the top 5 things you need to know about the new Grizzlies um That'll be fun, and then we're going to give you our, our reactions to uh, all the trades, the uh, contract extension that happened last night as well. Um, we're going to go through what the updated depth chart looks like. Uh, we're going to go through the salary cap, um, and then at the very end, if we have time, we're going to, we're going to talk about the three games that the Grizzlies have p- played since we last spoke. Uh, maybe give a Grizzlies history moment, and then end with hammer nail coffin. We have busy a pod. lot to get to. Busy very, pod. very busy. Um, okay, so let's start from the top. Last night, uh, if you're a hardcore Grizzlies fan, you probably spent two to three hours just refreshing Twitter. Yeah, heart racing, heart racing. My adrenaline was pumping. So the very first tweet was thrown out by Shams around at 6:24 p.m. He said the Grizzlies and the Heat are in advanced discussions around Andre Iguodala. Now, since we had talked about on our uh, previous pods what we were expecting, uh, the number one trade we kind of all agreed upon was that Clippers trade, the Harkless yep. and uh, a draft pick for Andre Iguodala. Um, the Heat were not somebody that we threw out there necessarily, um, but so that was that was that was fun to see that tweet. Um, I don't know about you, Ty. I didn't. I didn't put a lot of stock into that yet.
1: Oh, I did. I was I was trade machine, just <laughs> like <laughs> you you've never seen. Yeah, my fingers almost fell off typing in all the different Okay, things.
0: yeah. Actually, no, it was before that there was a report from a uh, from a couple of writers about the, the, the heat you're right, actually, because then the word advanced was the thing that yeah, uh, that so really
1: tipped it off. A couple of like heat either beat riders or maybe they're athletic writers, I don't remember who it was, but a couple of people that we all follow for Grizz content on Twitter uh, retweeted these people, basically saying, like, look for this kind of thing. Like, look for Iggy to really be a strong possibility. Yeah. Um, and, no, I mean, no one put a huge amount of stock into it because they're just kind of hearsay. But right. then when Shams threw out the advanced discussions, yep. that that's when, when you were like, okay, here, here it goes.
0: Okay, so 7 o'clock, Woj throws out a tweet. Pat Riley wants Andre Iguodala and Gallinari. Can't blame him, except for the Iggy part. 7.23, this was the tweet. Shams, Andrea Iguodala to the Heat. The deal is finalizing. Uh, so we were freaking out. Yeah. We were doing a lot of speculating on who was coming back. At that point, I think we probably thought it was James Johnson and maybe a young player.
1: Yeah. My my initial thought was, so I thought we were just going to do Iggy to Miami. Um for James Johnson and Duncan Robinson. It's kind of what which all was, of us were like, this could would probably be, be it. Yeah, yeah. Duncan Robinson is 24, 25 years old. Uh, I think he went all four years at Michigan, played in the G League last year. But it has been like a good contributor, starts for them, plays a lot. But they also have Tyler Hero, so it's like kind of play the same position. Yeah. So I could see that happen. So that was my initial thought. And my other thought was Derrick Jones Jr. Right. To me, was that was like guy. the worst yeah. case. Maybe yeah, yeah. like, eh, you know, yeah. he's athletic, fine. Yeah, he's, he can dunk. He'll be fine. Um,
0: which at the end of the day, it's, we we're literally whatever Anything. we get from Andre, yes, for Andre Iguodala icing I'm I'm on the cake. Yeah. Um, okay. So then what Sh- was right after that that tweet from Sham says Grizz Heat agreed a deal and then Iguodala signed a two year thirty million dollar extension yeah. after that and Just I was freaking out. That was hilarious to me. Iggy
1: come. He's thirty six years old and they're going to
0: pay him thirty more dollars. Then it. It came out later that he was uh, the second year was the team option. Team option. So, so they can it was keep a flexibility
1: better. moving forward. But I think it was kinda understood that if they don't get anyone in that summer, then they're gonna bring they're gonna just guarantee him and bring him back for his final yeah, year. Yeah, Maybe so. So he'll be thirty eight at that time, still potentially making fifteen million a year, which Pretty is good. just yeah. It's not uh tough. at seven thirty
0: four PM. Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill were taken out of the lineup. It yep. was announced, and so we had the Mavs game last night that started at seven thirty. Yeah, so this was literally right before tip off, and that's when we were like, "Okay, this could be big." Yeah, yeah. Um, then seven forty nine p.m. The best tweet of the night. Yeah, from Woj Justice Winslow. Uh, Winslow part of the package heading to Memphis.
1: I mean, like I didn't. So when Crowder and Hill got taken out. I guess there wasn't talk of OKC joining in yet um, when they were taken out of the lineup. Right. So then we, we
0: – Yeah, we didn't know whether or not yep. this was just precautionary. Yeah. We didn't I kind of thought what.
1: I didn't know what was going to happen. Our Slack even threw out like, oh, we're going to send an expiring like, solo to Phoenix and somehow get Kelly Oubre because Mark Stein had mentioned Kelly Oubre is like on the trading box. Yeah. like, we're finally going to get him even though we're on time last year. So I didn't really have a clue what was going on. Um, but when I saw the Justice Winslow thing, I was like, okay, we're we're giving up some like something. It's right. not just Iggy for Winslow. Hey, the financially that wouldn't work. So we knew more contracts um, was gonna come. But at that point, I didn't even care. I was like, if you yeah, could have, exactly. if I could have handpicked, and we'll get into this stuff later about right. just all of it. But if I could have handpicked a guy that I wanted off that team, younger guys. I mean, you could. You could argue that it'd be other people but Winslow would be at least he would be my pick. He'd be my pick. Absolutely. Maybe so Hero but I'd I'd want Winslow more I think.
0: Yeah, at that point it became obvious that uh we were going to be taking back some bad contracts. Yeah. But sure. then because we did but again, OKC was kind of this variable the whole yep. time. Um I'll get to the video. There was a there was an Andre Iguodala. The Mark's video. Videos.
1: Just he had that prep. He had it lined up. I he mean, did. apparently, that he already a, had a contract extension that was lined up. 10 p.m.
0: So. That was a 10 p.m. A contract extension had already been basically agreed to, Unreal. and yet the trade hadn't been finalized Unreal. yet. Um, he just so stayed then patient,
1: man. He just stayed patient.
0: I would say that. Dumbest quote. Between 7:49 p.m. and 10 o'clock was we were just everybody was was speculating. Yeah. For two hours, because usually when these deals happen around the trade deadline. You know, they tweet out the big players in the deal, the big players that are going to move. But then after that, like maybe three minutes later, you expect the the full deal to yeah, yeah. be revealed. And yet this one just Took forever it didn't. It didn't in, in, until ten ten p.m. when Woj tweeted: Memphis, Miami, OKC working on an elaborate three team deal that would land Iguodala and Gallinari in Miami. Talks could extend into Thursday. Yep. That's when we were like, okay, this is this is going to be a d- tomorrow thing, right? Um, And at that point, though, there was also a uh, a Heat writer tweeted out that James Johnson and Deion Waiters weren't playing in the second half of their game last night. So that's when we kind of put the deal together, maybe had a a good guess on uh, what the deal was going to be. Then uh, 10.39 p.m., uh, Dylan Out of, Brooks, of nowhere, like the timing yes. is just
1: hilarious. It's Dylan just like Bro- Woj announced that as well.
0: Dylan Brooks was going to was agreeing to a three year, thirty five million dollar contract deal. extension, which was just I'm sure we'll
1: talk about that later too. But unbelievable,
0: so great number. Fast forward to uh, today, eleven a.m. Shams and Woj together piecing the deal together for uh, so it was like one player at a time. It was, it was like Dan Waiters, so it was like Jim Jay to Crowder to the Heat, yeah, Solomon Hill to the Heat. And uh then they announced Dion Waiters, James Johnson would be coming to Memphis. Uh so that was finally the deal was was yeah. done at eleven AM. Uh, no picks involved. Yeah. Just three players for three players. Yeah.
1: I mean ideally you would want I mean, we weren't gonna get a first rounder no. in that situation. Oh. Yeah, I get we were like Winslow was the was taking the on salary, but we got a guy who yeah, we got a twenty three year old former top ten draft pick who's win healthy. Again, we'll talk about that stuff later. Is a super solid player. Yep. So,
0: uh, then twelve thirteen p.m. Woj. Rockets Jordan Bell to the Grizzlies for yeah. Didn't uh, expect for Bruno that. Bruno Caboclo, and then we have a twenty twenty three second round pick swap with the yep. Rockets. Yeah, which um, probably
1: won't come to much, but
0: which you
1: can tell. So
0: Bell was not playing really for the Rockets, right? Or no, he had, sorry, he was not playing for the Timberwolves. He had just been dealt in the Robert Covington deal yep. to the Rockets this week. Um. And they, I saw some some tweets about Bruno possibly adding some shooting to the Rockets, yep. but basically that was just a one for one type of deal. Yep, um, both expiring this summer, so exactly. they'll be off the books.
1: So it, yeah, not a not a huge thing.
0: One twenty five p.m. from Woj, Minnesota's Gorgie Jang, huge for James Johnson. Love this straight up. Yep. Um, so we get a center, and we send Johnson on to Minnesota,
1: and we lose like what one a little over a million. Yeah, Jang was a little bit. Virtually the same, but Minnesota's trying to get under the tax. Correct. And they only needed like a million to do it and we made this swap to make it happen. Totally. And then at the latest update
0: at four thirty two, Chris Haynes reporting that the Grizzlies do not plan to keep Dion Waiters. They will yeah. release him and or and or buy him out, yeah, basically.
1: Yeah. And I think that's to be expected. Again, we talked about it last week when I predicted incorrectly that Jay and Solo would probably be on the roster. Um, looking at it now, I'm very content with how things turned out, obviously. Uh, yeah, culture, culture's huge. Um, having guys, veterans around our team that can build us up and only build us up and not be any form of a distraction is a big deal. And waiters is literally nothing but a distraction. I think he's been suspended three different times this year. One for basically having a panic, panic attack for eating too many, like doped up gummies or something on a team plane. Yeah, coming back from Memphis apparently. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad he. I don't even know what that looks like. We had talked about that before the pod got started. Like, what would carry over? How would we do this? How would we just
0: basically? Yeah. It's just going to be twelve million dollars this year and next dead cap on our books. Yep. Um, which was the cost of doing business for the similar to the
1: the Plumley thing this summer. So yeah. the only difference is we basically have waiters for. So I guess it, this is the third waypoint. We're, we're two- thirds through the through the season, I guess yeah, you would mm-hmm. say so we have an extra third of a season with waiters not even on the roster, but I guess on the books right but it's just like us getting a deal done this summer and just having him on for next next year correct and then losing him so you the basically open summer. up a
0: roster spot but you're still on the hook for paying him which is yep. it is what it is and yep. so my I was actually speculating that we would do the Josh Jackson treatment. Potentially with waiters, maybe send him to the hustles, see what happens, yeah, and then use him as an expiring in a deal next year. But I, right. I guess the front office there were enough red flags that they were just like, you know what, don't we're not even gonna have deal him, him around
1: because like so he's old enough to where he can deny. So Chandler Parsons did this not too long ago. Basically, we were like, hey, Chandler, go down to the G League and kind of get some reps while you kind of uh get your knees back and Chandler's like nope, I'm not doing that. So like players once they get to a certain age can basically decline going to the G League. So I don't really know how that would work with Waiters, how would how that would work? I just I don't know. Yeah. I think the best case is just do what we're doing. I think that is what I would do too. I'd Makes be interested to
0: see if he ends up signing anywhere like the Lakers or something.
1: I mean, I could see the Lakers doing it because like LeBron and AD are such strong cultures themselves that what they say goes and like they're not trying to get like develop anything they already have what they have so yeah. if waiters can come off and play eight to ten minutes of kind of heat check basketball but apparently jr smith is going to be their guy to do that which is hilarious um but yeah i don't i don't know i doubt i don't know he's he's kind of in a in a dark spot when it comes to nba circles yeah i would so um that
0: was that was fun waiters island for
1: a few years island here. waiters um, and dylan that should have been a yeah, a blast to watch them, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get to our new players,
0: uh, we would be remiss if we didn't For give sure. Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill their due. Um, and I want to, I guess, begin this this brief discussion uh, talking about that video that Mark Spears tweeted out of Andre Iguodala. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. In the first 30 seconds of the video, that's really all you need to see. Um, Basically, Andre Iguodala is being interviewed and says that he hopes that he can be his, um, the way he dealt with his situation, he hopes it can be an inspiration uh, for those. He hopes that it can even be a case study in how uh, an athlete deals with um, this particular circumstance. And... For the Harvard Business Review or something like that, um, taking ownership of of uh, where they are and and making something happen. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, um, go watch the video. Um, it's honestly despicable. Yeah, we talked about Iguodala on uh, the podcast a couple days ago. We did. Uh, Brantley and I talked quickly about the the drama f- with the young Grizz versus Iguodala and. We were we were pretty. I mean, we were fair to his situation, and this to me put it over the top. Like I, right? I'm I despise Andre Igudala right now um, because of this video in particular. You want to see a case study of of veterans doing what vets should be doing and that's jay crowder and solomon hill yep. coming into a situation yeah they they're older got not too old they're in their late 20s but they're in, at a point in their career their primes where they want to be contending yeah and yet they come in to this young team there's not even a question of their drive uh to make these guys better They're immediately position as mentors we're excited to come unbelievably excited yeah uh, um all, all the while knowing that a, a scenario just like this at the trade deadline could happen. Yeah. But they came out every single game and brought it. Yep. And in the locker room. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that's when that's you, you compare and contrast these two, um, and for that, I think Grizzlies fans will always be thankful for Crowder and Hill, even though it was only a brief stay in Memphis. For sure. And who's to say that we can't come back uh, yeah. next offseason and maybe even sign one of those guys? I would love to. Probably to he'll because he'll back. be making a lot less yeah. than Crowder. But still, just, just the difference between the two and then the audacity of Iguodala to release a video like That's that after. That's my biggest thing.
1: Yeah. My just, biggest thing is him basically, and it's kind of funny, and we're not, we're not going to get too deep on this, but it's like culture and society today. So someone who just shows up, and works as hard as they can and fulfills their contract and does what they're asked. No one will ever hear about it. Right. Chris Vernon tweeted something out today or maybe yesterday about Jay and solo, basically like the mad respect that he has for them because they just went about their business and they kept it all in house. Um, Even Jay, two or three nights ago, someone asked him, a reporter was like, so what about trade stuff? Like, you know what's, what? Do you think is gonna happen? How are you feeling? And he was basically like, "I'm keeping it all in house. We're all on the same page. Me in the front office, we're on the same page. That's all, all you need to know, and that's it." Like he handled it, yeah. Just all the respect to him and Solo for sure. Just accepting their roles fully, um, knowing what they were stepping into. Yeah, I just it just I bet it meant a ton to all of our young guys, and it's really awesome to see people like that. It's almost great that we have this contrast. Of how to do it and how not to do it, and go ask some of these young players on the Grizz how they would do it if they had if they were in that opportunity. Look at the impact that both guys or both sets of situations made on them. They were very bitter towards Iggy, rightfully so, um, and they just all were loving Jay and Solo and respected respect. them so much and i think the contra the contrast between the two is going to be huge too. This is how you be a professional. This is how you act. But of course the media is going to twist it and be like Iguodala is doing his thing. And that's fine. I love what Josh ja said last night. He was like it's over. It's past this. We're not worried about it. I'm going to play with the guys who we have on the team. And that's it. Like that that even shows maturity right there. Of not like dwelling on it. Not even Dylan didn't really say much. He was like yeah, it's just behind us. It's over. I'm glad we have a guy who wants to play with us now. And that's it.
0: Uh just shout out to jay and solo just i would love to shake your hands acts. i would love it um, let me
1: shake your hand one day
0: thank you to okay. those guys all right now let's get into let's get into the exciting stuff all right we're gonna go through um maybe even add some some music maybe write some beats here uh we're gonna go through this five things segment we're gonna we're going to hit the high points for each guy. And so uh, what this is going to look like is we're going to take a player, we're going to give you a quick bio, talk about their contract, talk about uh, their best season and worst season, and then we're going to talk about maybe their injuries, and then at the end we're going to do a, a fun fact yeah. about each guy. A so, You ready to go, Ty? Let's do it. Let's do five things. All right, let's start with Justice Winslow, bio. He's 23 years old, 6'6". Small forward, power forward, combo type of guy. Um, He went to college at Duke. He won the title in 2015. uh, Now has joined up with Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen. Joined back up with them. Uh, So a reuniting of some Dukies. Uh, He was drafted 10th overall in 2015. This is his fifth NBA season.
1: His contract, he's in the first year of a three-year $39 million deal. Uh, The final year... Of that contract is a team option, so technically he's officially on the books for two. Could be that third year.
0: So not counting his rookie season or uh, one season where he had to miss a ton of games due to injury, let's talk about his best and worst seasons. So his best season was actually last year. Uh, he averaged 12.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists per game, 1.4 stocks that steals yep. plus blocks. He shot 43% from the field, 38% from three. Jeez. played almost 30 minutes per game. His worst season was actually the game right, the, the season right before that. Uh, he averaged only 7.8 points per game, still five and a half rebounds, 2.2 assists, 1.3 stocks, 42% field goal uh percentage and 38 percent from three great still great uh he played 24.7 so a few less minutes than the time
1: before yep so his injuries 2015-16 he played 78 games um which is a lot that was his rookie season the next year he only played 18 games due to a torn labrum in his right shoulder so limited that second year third year in the league played 68 games which i would consider pretty healthy he played 68 games in my opinion that's pretty healthy Um, had a left knee issue that held him out for a few games so the following year this is last year he played 66 games due to a hamstring slash quad which notoriously those can linger a little bit and the only way to basically heal it is to stay off of it this is the whole quad thing that's why he was sitting and all that kind of stuff so quad has hamstring issues maybe they're related maybe we're going to get the next quad Uh, this year is the kind of big thing Um, so this this season he's only played 11 games started 5 of them his first game of the year he torched us which was terrible we'll to watch get to that but now just it's sec. great to watch um, so he had a back issue he's had back issues going and now it's been called a bone bruise which I saw on uh, the Twitter recently that it's a similar injury to what De'Anthony Melton had mm. um, and De'Anthony Melton was essentially out all summer uh, we didn't really have him practicing very much. And everybody knows to start the season, he didn't play hardly at all. His, he was very limited in practice, and everyone was like, why isn't he playing, why isn't he playing? And I think that's one of the reasons why. And if you look at Melton now, he's doing great. He's doing okay. Doing great. All right, just to close out, Justice Winslow, uh, fun
0: fact slash miscellaneous. I saw a tweet from Peter Edmison, uh friend of the pod, he uh, had a video from that first game of the season that Ty just referenced, and it was when uh, Ja Morant came down and had uh, basically a lay-in over Bam Adebayo. And um, flexed. Flexed in his very <laughs> first game ever. We knew ja the was NBA. the real one when he did that. That's when we knew, and yet Justice Winslow came right back down the court. Proved he was real too. bodied Ja yep. all the way down to the basket, turned around, knocked him back, and just laid the ball right in. Yep. It was um, awesome. And that's when I knew that Justice Winslow had uh, taken quite a leap. He's a dog. Here. And that's um,
1: that's my favorite thing about him. He's a dog. He's a
0: dog. All uh, right. Let's move on to Gorgie Jang. Yeah,
1: Gorgie Jang. Um, 30 years old, 6'11", center. Okay. Uh, pretty true center position. Um, Can stretch the floor, though. College, went to Louisville, drafted 21st overall in 2013. This is his seventh NBA season. So,
0: Gory Jang is in his third year of a four-year, $63 million deal, fully guaranteed. Um, I thought, actually, he was one of those contracts that was signed in the the infamous summer. Was it, was it? Actually the, it was actually the one right after that.
1: Because he was really good. He was. He, he was, was really super good. solid. Um, best worst season. So, best seasons, 2016-17 season. Uh, 10 and 8, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2.3 stocks at 32 minutes a game. So, you can see by his um stat line there that very much roll guy uh going to do kind of the gritty gritty stuff
0: there and I'll jump in on this one there his uh his worst season uh it was actually last year it was it was interesting though because he was at 32 minutes a game mm-hmm. um like you just said but last season he was at 13 uh, per thirteen dip. minutes a game. Huge yeah. dip. He only averaged six and a half points, which is still pretty good. for Only thirteen yeah.
1: minutes. I think that's Thibodeau too, just playing basically five guys. Yeah, he had uh, four rebounds,
0: an assist, uh, about one stock. Um, so he is, yeah, he he's ready for a resurgence, and it's it's pretty crazy if you look at his injury history. Um, as we said, this is his seventh NBA season. Uh, I had to search for any injury. He's almost Love played that. 82 games every single year. In 2017, he had a sprained left finger, just FYI. 2019, he did That's have boring. to deal with a left hip
1: contusion for just a little bit so of time. He's probably fell on his heart. But he's a durable guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a little fun fact. He's apparently a super, super great dude. Um, so I was kind of looking through Wolves' Twitter, uh, people that cover the team, um, and just know a lot about him. Um, so, this is a guy. His name's John Meyer. He kind of writes for the Wolves. He said, Ty Jones, and this is a tweet Ty Jones and Gordy Jang will reunite in Memphis on the coolest young team in the league. It's coming from a Wolves writer, which is funny because they have Kat and now D'Angelo Russell. Um, apparently, Gordy Jang was called Iron G, and he said, Iron G will be missed. Through all the change, he always remained an all time great person, honest, hilarious, a true pro. Um, this is another guy named Britt Robson. Um, who writes about N- NBA stuff, uh, primarily out of Minnesota. Um, led a- again, Memphis is such a cool team. Apparently, Minnesota loves this. Uh, Memphis is such a cool team. The rebuild is a time-lapse photography joy to behold. G, again, talking about Gorgie Jing, is going to relish their competitive momentum. Poetic justice for the dude who, with one prominent, disrespected season expected, always stayed ready. And then underneath... Um, Underneath that tweet, there's a lot of fans basically saying out he was their favorite player on the team. One guy said, I've always loved Gorgie on and off the court, high character guy, solid defender, better than average three-point shooter for a big guy. Wolves looked significantly better defensively when he was in the starting lineup in place of Cat. Those are facts. Um, so we're not the only ones. Woo. Kind of a quiet asset, quiet uh, trade coming in. But, again, speaks to the culture, knowing your role, going to play hard. Artie apparently has friends on the team And Tyus. He also knows Jordan Bell, who was recently with Minnesota right. as well. Um, been in the league a long time. So, again, a great, solid veteran who's going to play hard. And I could, could have a decent role on the team for sure.
0: Speaking of Jordan Bell, the third and final addition to the Grizzlies. Um, he is twenty-five years old. He's a six eight power forward. It's actually it's interesting because he's also slotted in as a center. Um yeah. be interested to see. He's probably gonna be more of a, a four yep. for us. He went to Oregon. He was drafted 38th overall in 2017.
1: Yep. Uh, contract. He's just on a one one year 1.6. We talked about this with Bruno. Basically, they're on the same exact deal. Um. So this this year for 1.6, and he's off the books this starting this summer.
0: Given this is only his third year, it's not really fair to do a best and worst season for him. But for what it's worth, his best season was his rookie season. He uh, averaged 14 minutes per game on that championship. Yeah. Uh, Golden State team had 4.6 points, 3.6 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.6 stocks. It was just one of those seasons where um, you couldn't believe that Golden State actually hit on a draft pick in a year when they were um, the
1: shoe-in for the finals. Yeah, they were just loaded. Um, Injuries, so he's actually been out recently with a right shoulder injury starting in late uh, this past year, 2019, he's still sidelined with that. I don't know the timeline when he's coming back, when he's going to be healthy.
0: He played in a couple games recently, but okay. not more than five or six minutes. Yeah, so. and honestly,
1: I could that could probably be his role with us. Spot yep. minutes when we need him. If someone gets in foul trouble, I don't think he's going to be a, a key cog in the rotation.
0: Yep, and uh, just to finish out our five things, the fun fact is he was on the 2016-17 Final Four Oregon Ducks team with... Dylan DB, Brooks, baby, that's reunited. I like we got that. Two Oregon Ducks and three Duke Blue Devils on yeah, our team. That's you know, great. One third of our team has had played with each other in college. That's awesome. Um, so this has been five things. All right, Ty. It's time for a deep dive. What What oh was gosh. your just general reaction to today? Okay. How um, would you how, for, how would you grade? Yeah. Today.
1: If we do like the the A through F rating grading kind of kind of scale i mean i would have to give it an a um we've seen a few different things that kind of look so i don't have the espn plus thing but apparently kevin pelton did not grade us uh on a curve um he kind of gave us a bad grade um the athletic did also another grade and gave us an a um for it so honestly i think people forget and there's so much to talk about right now with this trade and everything that's happened and everything that built up to it that we're probably going to be all over the place. Um, but I'm going to try to say, we are both are going to try to say everything that we want to say, which is a lot. Because this is, yeah, a lot happened. Um, if you look at this trade, so we got Iggy and we got a first-round pick. When? If nothing else happened, if we bought out Iggy, which a lot of people thought we were going to do, People would still consider it a win. Yep. And by the fact that like we traded Iggy to Miami and got Justice Winslow, everyone's was like, ah, oh, I didn't get enough. Where's the, where's the pick attached? And I get Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill were involved too. Solomon Hill was in the dump of Chandler Parsons. So again, icing on the cake. We split Chandler Parsons' contract up in, instead of $25 million, to basically two $12 million contracts. And Solo was one of those. He was a great leader, great in the locker room. That's awesome. Jay Crowder, again, we got him in the Mike Conley trade. That also brought us back DeAnthony Melton in the long run and two first round picks, one that we've already used on BC, who, of course, is going to be a long time Grizz, a Grizz favorite, and is going to be with us for a long time, play a huge role. Jay was just in that trade. Like, that's this. He's a throw in. Yeah, all of this is icing on the cake. The fact that we got anything for any of this is like huge. We got a first round for Iggy just by taking him on. That that was the win. That was like everything after that is, again, icing on the cake. And people are trying to be like, oh, this isn't – they had to take on all these contracts and all that kind of stuff. Again, yes, we had to take on contracts. We've already flipped one of those contracts to a guy who's going to contribute and apparently is a great locker room dude. Yes, he's on the books after this year as well for another year. I'm fine with that. He is a big role in backup center. Will, you talked about this, like, maybe two weeks Last ago about like, yeah, yeah who we would get for solo. I would That's love to I send him to Minnesota for Gorgie Jane because I would like to have some backup center stuff. Um sorry I know I'm long winded here. But No, this is it. I just feel like getting Justice Winslow, who yes, he has an injury tendency. Um, even though like he's played he played a lot basically every game his rookie season, had a down year the second season. Um Hey, so did Dylan. Dylan had a down year one year. Jaron didn't play essentially after the All-Star break last year. Little things happen. I get that. The following, he played 66. The following, he played 68. So this season is kind of the big, oh, he's not healthy. And you hear people say kind of when they talk about this trade, like, oh, if Winslow can get healthy, he's a really solid player. Outside of one year, his second year in the league, and this year, I get that. But so three out of the five seasons, he's played over 65 games that season. I, I don't know, I, maybe it's the Homer hat, but I kind of feel like that's, I get the injury stuff, but I think that's decently healthy. All right,
0: so I think about it like this. If you were to ask a random Memphian on the streets who was, who's who was, I guess, knew the, maybe some of the, the players mm-hmm. on the team at least, if you said, do you think, who's older, Dylan Brooks or Justice Winslow? I think they would. most of them would say Justice Winslow. Totally. Like he's, He's just a guy that seems like he's he's been in the, the league five seasons, and again yeah. we're saying this is Dylan's second real yeah. season. Dylan is twenty four years old, and Justice Winslow is twenty three. Yep. There's time.
1: He and Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark's a rookie, are the exact same age.
0: Yes, unbelievable. Yep. Um. So he, People Dylan, is that the too. the oldest guy in this core group of five. Sort of five guys, Grizz Next Gen um, guys, and so and Dylan
1: just turned twenty four like two weeks ago. Just turned 24.
0: Right. And no matter what, what the front office, the the biggest need on our team after this season, Jay Crowder has been filling that three guard role. Yep. That was going to be the biggest need. Yes. They just, they already filled
1: it. They filled it for it could be a long time to come.
0: Right. And it is not only that, but for a truly team friendly deal. Yeah. The fact that we have a team option on him to keep him at 13 million. Totally. For two more years after this one, that's a huge win. Yes,
1: low risk, high reward for sure.
0: Also, you have to look at the market in order to. So we, I want to talk about this too. Yep, this off season, we've people are wanting to say who are detractors of maybe the trade. That we have already used up our space for in 2020. Well, who else were we going to use it on? Yeah. We've been talking about Brandon Ingram here as this hot pie in the sky hypothetical. He's oh, he was get the never max. gonna happen, and we, we all knew that, yeah, especially after that MLK game that we went to, we realized how special he was yeah, seeing they, him in person, yeah. And the Pelicans would be crazy not to re sign him totally. He was the one guy, and then we have Malik Beasley, another guy like that. He's really sort of more of a two guard, he's also a scorer. When you think of Malik Beasley, the number one thing you don't think of is playmaking. You think of scoring, high potential there. Justice Winslow is a playmaker. If you're going to re-sign Dylan Brooks to a contract extension, you don't need another Dylan Brooks right next to him. You need a playmaker, and that's exactly what Winslow is. 6'6", defender, too. He's going to lock down. Yeah. Think about the best players in the league right now. A lot of them are these combo guards who are twos and threes. You need a guy. And we have Kyle, who's a, a great defender. Yep. Not the quickest guy. <laughs> True. Justice Winslow is this, he's he's the perfect three guard. He, should be,
1: he should be the perfect fit for our team. He's I couldn't dog. agree more. Um, we'll kind of look at our starting lineup, projected starting lineup, after Winslow gets acclimated and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, we talked about this to begin this pod process about It was during the Dylan conversation about is he the long-term fit and all that kind of stuff. And a point I made, and I was like, Jenkins' system really values playmakers. Like, it would be awesome if we had five guys on the floor that could basically create a shot. So if you look at Toronto last year, it might have been an anomaly. I don't know. They had just like a super special season. They kind of got a break with the injuries to Golden State. Every player on the floor for Toronto – could get their own shot, which is like a very very special thing. A lot of teams don't have that, and like so, Mark saw in a pinch could get you a shot. Um, and he was probably the least of that of those guys that would willing to do that and could do that. So Justice Winslow can provide that for you. He can get a defensive rebound and lead the break in a heartbeat, and just I, honestly outrun people and finish. Um, I watched some highlights of him today. Just was getting so excited. So when they played um, Toronto last year. Um, during the regular season, basically Winslow locked up, locked up. I mean, I'm sure he guarded quite well, um, bodied him up, was not afraid. He's a super strong dude. Speaking of his strength, watch that video that Will was talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, again, back to the the people kind of hating on us because we took up our space. So realistic free agents. Um, okay, Brandon Ingram again. That was never going to happen. right? Malik Beasley turned down a three-year $30 million extension this summer. From, or this past summer from Denver. So he was going to expect $10 million a year. If we are signing Dylan to a roughly $11 million a year, we're not going to do the same thing for a guy who plays the exact same position. Right. It was either going to be Beasley or Dylan. We chose Dylan. I, I'm, gra- I'm glad we did. I think that's great. Yeah. We also want to bring back Melton, who plays, oh, well, position the same exact position as Malik Beasley does. I'd probably rather have Melton because he does so many little things and he fits our system. Um, okay, so another maybe potential is people throughout Bogdanovich from Sacramento, who everyone in the league is going to be ready to throw a lot of money He's him, going to get over People that could. And it's already come out that Sacramento made some moves during this little deadline so they could have space as someone. Like they moved off Deadman, they moved off Areza. They are going to have enough space to basically match any offer. And again, he's restricted, so we're limited there too. So this summer, we weren't going to be able to do much anyway. So basically, we are taking a chance and basically saying, hey, this was almost like our free agent signing that we really wanted to make. Yeah, we took on some contracts. Again, we've already flipped one for a great role player, and we're going to waive waiters. He will probably never step foot in Memphis. So he will be on the books for a year, similar similar to what Plumlee did this year. Again, we've talked about that. But, again, we were, are basically opening up everything for the summer of 2021. So, we're, yeah, we're punting on 2020, and everyone has been saying, man, this is a really weak free agent class. No one really has space, all that kind of stuff. But now everyone's like, oh, they used up all their space. What is it? Is it like that we did a great job in getting this guy, and we used up our space, or, like, we should have kept our space when there's apparently a weak free agent class. So things aren't really lining up there. No. So I'm fine not having space this summer. Completely okay with it, especially yeah. for Justice Winslow.
0: And if you want to say like who won the trade, you can honestly call this one a win-win. Yeah, totally. The difference is, is that the Heat are trying to win right, right now. now. So at the end of this season, if it doesn't work out as well as they want it for them, they will have lost. Yeah. Because look who has the long-term asset in this deal. We do. Yep. Who's 23 years old.
1: Yep. Yeah, and Miami's big thing is so they got off... They got off those contracts, so they will have space starting in 2021. So Winslow apparently, again, team option. So he could have been some money in 2021, but he may not be. But anyway, they were like, they're going for Giannis in that summer. So basically that's why Iggy has that team option, because if they really want to make a run, they could just not bring him back. So Miami's game is like they got off some contracts so they could potentially get Giannis, like potentially get a player who may not even go there. And all their first-round picks are basically gone. Um, And I know we're on completely different timelines and all that kind of stuff, even though they have some good young talent. But if you're just looking at Memphis' standpoint, I think this is a huge win. And I get it, maybe a risk due to the injury stuff. I get that. But, like, what else are you going to get for Iggy and those two guys? Like, you're not going to get a first-round pick. and. Someone come tell me they would rather have this year's draft and a late twenties first round pick or Winslow. That's a great. Someone tell point. me they'd rather have that first round pick. Like, I can't. I couldn't find one person that would say that.
0: Like we would have been pumped. Let's say the Heat never came in the picture. We would have been pumped to have Harkless and whatever the Clippers draft. Jerome Robinson. Really, it's such a. We or, would have been yeah, fine with player. Dallas and the, just getting the, right, Golden, the State Golden State second State pick. And yeah. think about. You are basically replacing because in that scenario we would have been taking on another contract filler yeah maybe it would have been expiring but at the end of the day your your main asset that you're getting back is a complete unknown. Yep. Winslow isn't an unknown Definitely apart not. from this injury stuff which at this in this day and age I can tr- I can trust a medical staff and yes. a player development program Me like Memphis's uh to get a guy and he's not there's no rush here. Definitely That's the not. best part. Yep. They We are not in win-now-bode. Every win that we have is, again, that I keep going back to that quote. Like you said, icing on the cake. That's what this season is. It is. And it's
1: – You can't ask for more. You can't I don't ask for I really more. don't think you can. No. I think this is the best we could have done in our situation. We didn't have a lot of leverage with the Iggy stuff. Jay and Solo, like Solo is great for us, but teams don't value Solo that well. Um, they probably value Jay because they think he's a great three and D guy, and I I think Jay's the man. Jay's the man, but again, we're also seven and O when he doesn't play, right? Um, so there's yeah. that stat for you. He's exactly. also shooting like less than thirty percent from three this year, um, so he's not necessarily a, a knockdown shooter either. That's more of like intangible stuff. So on the floor, yeah, I I mean, so let's let's look real quick at the depth chart because people
0: were worried. People were asking on Twitter also like who's going to replace Jay and Solomon and Hill. Yep. And when you look at it from that same point, like the minutes, average minutes that they they've played, and their contributions, they've had some some bigger moments and have been great great when they have played, but yeah. they're not the essential parts of this team. So point guard John Morant starting, Tyus Jones backup, awesome one 2 Couldn't ask yeah, couldn't especially ask recently with Tyus yeah, breakout went nuts last night. Shooting guard Dylan Brooks who's been playing lights out. Yep, DeAnthony Melton is your backup. Worst case, you got my boy Marco Gutierrez. <laughs> Oh, luckily we have him on the books for next year as well. Luckily. Too. Guaranteed, baby. Gosh, two point seven. Worth every thank, penny. Thank goodness. Small forward. Right now it's gonna be Kyle Anderson, but also you have Josh Jackson, who's been playing well recently. He yeah. hasn't had a ton of minutes. He kinda looks lost guy. on
1: defense sometimes. People right. go backdoor on him and he's like, wait, where do they go? But still, like this is super early in the process. He's twenty two year old. Like he we don't have we don't need him he's to play like right three now. games. Especially when with he's us. like yeah. And, and he's a backup. He as soon backup. as
0: Justice Winslow gets healthy that, he's a, He was the starting three guard on an unbelievable team. Yep. So uh, he'll definitely start. We have power forward, obviously, Jaron. Brandon Clark backing him up. We have Jordan Bell now, who's going to be that that Bruno role that he was playing earlier in the season. But to me, a much better Bruno yeah. if you're putting Bruno down low.
1: Because, yeah, Bruno got killed exactly. on the block. And Bell's strong. Bell's if he can strong, do anything, he can re- This guy can rebound for sure.
0: Exactly. And then at center, you have Balanchunas, who's been playing... Just so well unbelievably D-dive well on him
1: coming in on the pod for yeah sure.
0: and then you have finally a backup center yeah. a true backup center who you can put out there who you can trust defensively he's going to do the little things um he he obviously his ceiling is not incredibly high but that's okay but that's okay we don't need that right you're not relying on him to be your starting center
1: no we need him in spot minutes if jaron gets in foul trouble and bc's out for some odd reason or something we just need. yeah we needed a guy You, you were saying you've been saying that for a while that we just needed another big just one more and we got a guy and locker room stuff like i talked about earlier like minnesota fans loved him he's apparently a great guy uh great to have in the locker room i think that's huge too
0: so Grayson Allen apparently, uh, breaking news, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. Thanks, Coach his, K. His shout-out video to Justice Winslow said that Grayson Allen was out for the year. So uh, yeah. breaking,
1: Grayson Allen out for the year, but you know what? That's a bummer, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. He, okay. he showed enough to where I feel okay with him sticking around. I think we all decided that, hey, he might be in your 9, 10 guy rotation on like a good team because um, he had moments where he played well. Um, the last thing I'll say just about – just today
0: at a high level. When you're in a market like Memphis, the number one word is value. Yep. You have to maximize the value on every single dollar you spend. This, if you look at this cap sheet right now, apart from, oh, okay. You're going to see Goryu Jang, who's now our highest paid yeah. player at $16.2 million. You look at that and you're like, he is not a $16.2 million player. It's not about him right now it's about what he represents totally he is a guy who is going to come in be solid off the bench and he is part of a deal without him you're basically you got to think about this in terms of the Winslow deal so we're getting back James Johnson in the Winslow deal we make we turn James Johnson into Gorgie Jang. Yep. so he's technically a part of this Miami deal um, so you you take on him in order to get a guy like Winslow Um, justice Lindsay was at $13 million for the neck for this season and two more. Jonas know, $16 million center, uh, which we'll do. We are going to be doing a deep dive on Jonas very soon, but he is in a descending contract. Kyle Anderson, you got the mid level. He's a $9 million guy for two more years. Uh, John Morant obviously in his rookie deal. Tyus Jones at the mid-level exception, just a solid it's guy you can nice. rely on off the bench. Josh Jackson expiring this year. Jaron Jackson on his rookie deal at six million dollars. My boy Good. <laughs> Good. Brandon Clark two million dollars. Grayson Allen two million. I'm j- you got team options after that for him uh, for the next three or four years. Uh, Jordan Bell one million. Dylan Brooks gonna, making okay. Let's talk about Dylan real quick. Okay, let's do it. Our worry throughout this whole process, we all it was the caveat every time we talked about Dylan when I was gushing about him in the past two weeks and you guys were being <laughs> a little bit more hesitant, which is sure fine. It, was, it always came down to one thing, and that was what are you going to have to pay him? Yep. Now we know. It's a known
1: thing, and it is probably $5 million less than I would have expected. Oh, at least. So I thought he was going to get Gary Harris money. Um, so Gary Harris... Uh, Plays for Denver. Um, I'm trying to pull up his contract really quick because Gary Harris was about the same age when he got extended. He was starting two guard for them.
0: That's a great comp. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought.
1: So contract. This is Gary Harris. This year, basically 18 million. Next year, 19 million. The next year, 20 million. So t- basically 20 and a half million. That was my fear. We do not have a single player on our roster making twenty million dollars. Everyone is under that. Gary Harris, who is the worst starter for Denver, is going to make that in two years. Like, if you want to talk about flexibility, man, do we have it? Yes, That's I think we have thing. so much flexibility.
0: Um, and it. We also have to mention here: we have fourteen guys now on the roster. Got that? So spot. we have a spot right Joe now. Joe Kim.
1: <laughs> Come Call back. Him up
0: <laughs> If we hadn't gotten Jang, I totally would have would been be on the phone with Joking. I don't think
1: it's picked up by like a contender. So I, I
0: love Joe. Kinoa. Right now, um, our salaries add up to 128.9 million. The tax level is 132. So you have about three million in change to play with yep. if you needed to sign somebody. Um, I'm super interested in what this front office is going to do. And shout out to the front office. Totally, it is. Night and day. Oh my gosh! What this the trade deadline to me was always a day that I, it was not a fun feeling, yeah, definitely knowing not. that who was calling the shots. You never knew what kind of a deal you were gonna get. Um, you were it was a fifty-fifty chance basically every yep. time that it was gonna be the best deal or the worst deal possible. These guys they pay attention to every single detail, every detail. Flipping Bruno Caboclo who's injured right now. Uh, but and it was asked to be do, to do a thing that he wasn't necessarily totally. good at doing for a guy who's not going
1: to be asked to do a lot, but that yep. detail matters. I think the Gorgie Jang thing is also like, yeah, that's just huge. Being able to turn and kind of be an opportunistic because the Wolves wanted to shed a little bit of money. Um, and who's to say James Johnson is a bad te- – I have no idea if he's a bad teammate. Uh, apparently, he didn't really – get a hot start this year with Miami because they essentially benched him because he wasn't in shape. So that's not a good sign. No. Um, but, yeah, even that little thing too, just flipping him for a, a good locker room guy that's going to play hard is another huge thing. Yeah. It's little stuff. It is. And, yeah, like you said, you got to take advantage and you kind of got to swing sometimes a little bit bigger. This isn't a huge swing by any means, in my opinion. Um, but if you think that Winslow is a slight risk, this to me this is so worth it. You get a shot at a guy on a very team-friendly, again, $13 million a year contract. He could, best case scenario, if things play out well, he likes Memphis, um, everything moves forward. He could be like your starting three guard. Again, this is very rare in the NBA for teams to stick together like this. It doesn't really happen that much. But theoretically, he could be your starting three guard. Let's just say at least for the next three or four years, maybe five, six. So for the next entering into the middle of John Jaren's prime, you have a three-guard locked up that fits with his team extremely well and hopefully will continue to improve on his three-point shot and other things. But, again, he also fits like this super competitive – I just want him on my team. Yep. Like watching him play, I'm just like, ah, I want that guy on my team. Um, I just think it's a – I think everything worked out well. I get some hesitancy with the injury stuff. I honestly don't think it's a huge deal. That may come back to to bite me too. Um, he might be injury prone for the rest of his career. But to talk on that, he's a six-six, very compact small forward. He's not your Porzingis, who's seven-three with terrible knees. He also doesn't have like bad knee issues or foot issues or anything like that. Anything really severe in the past. So
0: yeah, and at the end of the day, like
1: we said, if it doesn't work out. We're only it's on okay. the hook for one more year. Yeah, that's it. We took a swing, absolutely, yeah. and we were going to lose Jay and Solo, and obviously Iggy this summer anyway, and we were going to go in with all this cap space and absolutely nothing to do with it, except potentially throw a max at again Bogdanovich from Sacramento and hope they don't match or something like that. I just, yeah, I think this was all around great. I, I'm very pleased. Obviously, I'm pumped.
0: All right, so we've been rambling now for uh, it's
1: what we're good at. <laughs> man. We're ramblers, yeah.
0: Um, but you know what? It deserved it. it this is. type of day deserves some rambling. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break uh, here from a sponsor, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna hit this past week of games and a uh, few segments, and then we'll be out. This episode of the Grizzden Pod is sponsored by Katie Davidson Homes with Coldwell Banker. Katie is known for her expertise in home aesthetics and getting Memphis homes sold quickly for top dollar, even after other agents have previous, previously attempted and failed. Did you know that on average, Memphis home values have increased by close to five percent just in the previous year? If you're looking to take advantage of the current market trends by buying or selling give katie a call at 901-604-4926 she knows the market and loves working with clients through the buying and selling process to reach their real estate goals One client had this to say about working with her. This is the second opportunity I had to use Katie's expertise and professionalism. I would recommend Katie to anyone wishing to buy or sell real estate. Right from the start, Katie guides you through the process, decision points, and final negotiations. Her talent for staging and updates helped sell my property in just two days. Two days, ladies and gentlemen. Again, give Katie Davidson with Coldwell Banker a call at 901-604-4926 for all of your Memphis real estate needs. All right, we're back. Ty, let's talk through these games. Uh, Since we last spoke, uh, the first game, New Orleans, last week. Lost again to New Orleans, or 0-2 against them. Uh, They uh, have combined to shoot an effective field goal percentage of 62% yep. against us. So it's going to be really hard to beat a team like that. Also, we really missed Marco Guterich out with the yeah, suspension. Yeah, that's
1: the only guy we missed, right? We had two <laughs> Jaren was also I don't even remember the other guy. I yeah, just I just remember yeah.
0: we really missed him. Yeah,
1: I didn't watch this game. Um, good for good reason, obviously. I mean, I, I intended to watch it, but I was doing some other stuff uh with family and didn't get a chance and I checked the score at one point and I was like, Man, they just they have our number. So I didn't watch it. So I, I watched it. it much.
0: And uh my analysis is that Zion Williamson is really good. Yeah. Um it was fun to see him and Ja match up together. Um, yep. he won that matchup for sure. Yep. Uh we were we were down by nine at the end of the first quarter and it just felt like we couldn't ever get in a rhythm and get back in. Um, but yeah, and nobody really had an outstanding game. Our high score was Jonas with 18 points, eight rebounds. Um, everybody else, um, yeah, just, it was tough too when you miss, when you're missing your second best player Yeah, and Jaren. So, and it was in New NBC Orleans too. Missed, I
1: believe too, right?
0: Yeah. So anyway, we can scratch that one off. Uh, Detroit, however, uh, was a, a win that, really took you back to the uh mid 2010s it felt like it was the the one word i would use to describe this one was muddy
1: in the mud
0: um this was the jonas valanciunas game 26 points 17 rebounds against andre drummond who had 25 and 18 Uh, somehow
1: didn't you yeah by watching also didn't didn't even play defense at at all. all And I don't was know like, if he jumped. He got dunked on by Jaron so bad in the first quarter, and I think he was like walking on the court, like smiling about it.
0: You want to know a fun stat, Let's Ty? Hear it. Let's hear it. If you take Andre Drummond out of the starting lineup, the Detroit starters shot eight for fifty. God, that's bad from the field. That is so bad. I think Seku Dumba or how average yeah. his name is, the worst. Worst rookie. He
1: shot it every time he touched it's been it. Been taken in the, the top dude, fifteen I've ever he, seen. He needs to come to the Grizz because the dude let it fly. He <laughs> would fit in perfect. They scored ten points in the third quarter. He was ten horrible. points. Horrible. That's less. Yeah, that's so bad. Ten points. He um. Granted, we
0: scored nineteen. And that was true. the funny part. Nineteen drew
1: bad too. Yeah, but it it we almost won the third didn't quarter. <laughs> yeah,
0: won the third quarter, baby. Nineteen ten. Um. This is also the game after. After the uh in the locker room when uh yeah. we had the the Iggy drama that came up after that Dylan quote that we so
1: then that's when Dylan turned the corner. I know you mentioned that <laughs> Dylan that's when had he turned, turned the corner. corner I think truly, in most Memphians' eyes, he turned the corner. Yeah, because he, he became he was like yeah he just became. Yeah, you
0: weren't here. You weren't on uh, that last pod that we did. What, no, what, wasn't. what what did you think of Dylan Ty? You've not been the biggest. Dylan I guy thought in that the past. was awesome. I was all in for that.
1: And his quote got taken out of context. But like the full quote was like, I'm Iguodala, respect his game, whatever, whatever, whatever. But you're basically disrespecting us and we're not going to stand for that. Um, And his teammates clearly got his back too. Because Melton kind of did a little mention tweet and so did John. And that just sprung open a huge can of of Twitter um, everywhere. But it was fun. But yeah, I'm... I kind of like him after that. Yeah. I kind of like him. Detroit is just one of those games you need to
0: win. Uh, yeah. We, Eric Rose wasn't yeah. playing either. You just needed to to take this one home. Reggie Jackson uh, was playing, who's a infamous uh, grist Gris killer. killer. He's but lost it, too. that he guy. He's lost, lost a step, it. for sure.
1: Um, but, yeah, JV just went nuts, and that we were all slacking over that. And we were like, we got to, like – so we had that. We'll toss this out later, but we were like, where does JV stack in the list of – it's starting centers in today's league. And we kind of threw out some names. We're going to do it tonight. But we're going to have that coming with you. It's interesting coming to you for soon. sure.
0: Um, when you see, um, I think the word, again, the buzzword is value. Um, JV is a valuable center yep. in this league. He's and great he showed for it his that role. Yep. And he stepped up in a big game with a big matchup. Okay, so the final game happened last night. Um, kind of got overshadowed by all the trade stuff happening during the game. It was weird. I that's what I was saying in our in our chat. I was just like, the game feel, feels so secondary right mm-hmm. now to what's going on. But um, so Luca wasn't playing; he's hurt. Um, this was going to be a big game, um, but it was because it was in Dallas. Luca, Dallas is really good. Um, we let them hang. They were actually up by one at the end of the first quarter, um, and it was still a close game at halftime. Yeah. it was uh, fifty nine to fifty six. We were up. And then the third quarter happened. Tyus, Tyus Blacked Jones. Out. This is the Tyus game.
1: He will not remember that third quarter if you ask him about it. No,
0: he uh, came off the bench, had 19 points, shot, went three yeah, for three from didn't three. Miss a shot. He didn't miss a shot. He was eight for eight That's for the nuts. game. Uh, won the third quarter, 41 to 22. Had an effective field goal percent, percentage of 59. Uh, I thought I thought Porzingis was going to go for 50. To be honest. He looked like it.
1: And he, so I don't remember who they played recently, but he had a game where he went bananas uh, yeah. without Luca. And they just kept throwing him the ball. And it was a bad matchup for JV because he kept getting at to the top of the key. Yes. I'm pretty sure Porzingis' first shot was from like the logo at the top of the key and from like 40 feet and he drained it. So you're just like, oh gosh. Um, but yeah, that game, yeah, Tyus just went nuts. The bench played so well. I don't think we had a guy on the team that didn't play well yeah uh Josh Jackson did some fun stuff um he again he kind of looks lost on defense sometimes backdoor cuts happen on him a lot he kind of loses focus his one on one defense is okay you just you can see it he's just so long so athletic yeah he's... uh kind of starts to break but once he gets going he doesn't really know what to do with it and he kind of like gets in the air and he's like I don't know where to go yeah um he had a few threes which was encouraging um yeah, I mean, we're not asking him to do a ton either. He played 20 minutes, which is a – I mean, that would be a good, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night would be fine. Yeah. Um,
0: it's also hard going from a hustle team where you're the guy. and the Yeah, offense flows for through sure. you, And then you're coming to a system where you are you're the 10th guy at yeah. this point. Um, and our
1: system, like, you need – it's like just playing ball. Yeah. Which can be t- – honestly, which can be tough if you're not kind of put in a spot. Like, everyone kind of has – this freedom to just kind of go make a play. And he's kind of finding his way when to pick his spots, which I think is going to be a tough thing for him because I think that can be a tough thing to learn, um, just how to play, just how to be a team player. People were about the some more trade stuff. People were mentioning, like, Wiggins is going to have a tough time. Everyone was like, all these people saying Wiggins is just going to go to Golden State and just immediately fit in perfectly. Like, it's really tough for a guy that's never – fit into like a team ball system to just openly do it all of a sudden.
0: Wiggins and Josh Jackson actually remind me a lot of each other. A little other. bit.
1: A little bit. We, yeah, Wiggins just has a much bigger contract, obviously, and can kind of go on heaters and score. But they're like truly similar kind of players. Yeah. Um, so I think it could be tough for Josh. But, I, I mean, I have hope for sure for the rest of the season. Obviously going to get some PT for the rest of the season. There's a little less than 30 games left. Um, yeah. He's going to play for sure.
0: I see him as sort of a also like a quicker Kyle when the ball is whipping around the key and then it gets to Josh Jackson who happens to be the open guy and you're like oh man I wish it was somebody else because he's a little bit yeah. he's gonna clank that first three and then he ended up hitting a couple yeah. in the game Two but it was six. after he had missed a couple too yeah. and so he kind of had to just find he's not a guy who's gonna wake up and. It, and, you know, go three for five from three or four for, for sure. five from three.
1: And you kind of almost, like, want his role to be, like, swing, swing, catch, shoot. Exactly. You don't want to be, like, a swing, swing, catch. Josh Jackson's like, ah, I'm going to take a few dribbles. I'm going to try to get in the lane. I'm like, ah, oh, now I'm lost, and he turns it over or something like that. You want him kind of more of a, and this kind of going against what I just said about just learning to play. But if you could just, like, catch and shoot. On the wing or in the corner, and then play really good defense. And if you get a long rebound or something, start the break, that's great. But kind of know your spots. Yeah, just do what you are to He'll learn to do that. Do exactly. Maybe. He'll learn that for sure. Um, and he'll get a lot of
0: run, too, because we've. Uh,
1: he played a lot because Crowder
0: and. Solo weren't in. He's going to take their minutes. And yeah. they're not on the team, and Winslow's hurt, so he's going to have to yeah. step up. So My hope see. is
1: Melton starts playing more than 16 minutes a night. I would love to see Melton at like over 20, like 22, 23, 24, 25 minutes. I don't know, that, that may be asking for a bit much. Um, he played 27 minutes that night, almost 28 minutes. Um, so yeah, and Tyus is going to be huge off the bench. He only played 17 minutes, uh, but Josh is going to get his run for sure. Uh, subplot of the night was
0: DeLon Wright versus Tyus Jones. The two, the, the guy, Tyus yeah. Jones was the guy that we signed instead of uh, DeLon Wright. And uh, I think he showed us why.
1: Yeah. DeLon Wright was a whopping minus 35 on the night, Whew. which is not ideal. No. Uh, Tyus was a plus nine. So, in a game solid. that
0: they really needed DeLon to step up as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because he was either he or Brunson. Brunson started. Um, which I, I honestly thought DeLon was like gonna go there and play off Luca and start, and that just hadn't been really hadn't been the case. All right, so, so
0: those were the three games. Um two and one, not too bad. Huge. Um, yeah, the Dallas. Over I mean, five hundred
1: first time this year, first time in probably four years is what it feels like.
0: Yeah. So we'll be we'll be watching this week. Um got some big ones coming up. All right, so we're gonna go now to our Grizzlies history moment. I'm gonna run through this. Um, I thought that in in the spirit of trade deadlines, I decided to go back through every single year in Grizzlies history and pick out the number one deal from every trade deadline that had the biggest impact on the Grizzlies.
1: Zero misses on the list. I mean, they're all just like home runs, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Um, and you'll see right. <laughs> you'll see very early on. Uh you're you're not gonna you're not gonna recognize some of these guys' names awesome. uh but that's just because there was one trade that we made at the deadline and that's what I had to choose from. And you also notice that we had a pretty good amount of uh, really quiet deadlines where we didn't make a trade. Um so let's jump in. 1996, first trade deadline. We traded Kenny Gaddison and the 1996 second round Big draft. Big Ken pick. as they call him. Big Ken. Randy Livingston was <laughs> later selected with that pick. Big that Randy. We sent To the Orlando Magic for Jeff Turner.
1: Oh, yeah. I have no idea who that is. 1997,
0: we didn't make a trade. 1998, we traded Chris Robinson and Otis Thorpe to the Sacramento Kings for Bobby Hurley and Michael Smith. 1999, we traded Sam Mack to the Houston Rockets for Roderick Rhodes. And then we went three straight years without a trade in the trade deadline. 2003 was the, the next trade deadline trade after 1999 where we traded Gordon Gerlachek and Drew Gooden to the Orlando Magic for Ryan Humphrey, Mike Miller, Uh, and a 2003 first-round draft pick, who we later selected Kendrick Perkins. But, fun fact, on draft night, we traded Marcus Banks and Kendrick Perkins to the Boston Celtics in return for Troy Bell and Grizz favorite, Dante Jones. Mm-hmm. We also sent a 2004 second-round draft pick. or We received uh, the 2004 second-round draft pick. Um, 2004, again, through 2006, no trades. 2007. This might be the biggest one on the list. Traded Jake Sokolidis hot. <laughs> not the biggest like you thought it was going to be. To the Houston Rockets for Scott Paget. 2008. Now, I had to... Uh, this one isn't necessarily following my exact rules because this trade happened three weeks before the trade deadline technically, but it is important enough that this, we yeah, had to mention it. This may
1: it. be one of the most notorious trades in all of NBA history. It's true. 2008,
0: the Memphis Grizzlies traded Pal Gasol and a 2010 second round draft pick to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenton, Aaron McKee, and Mark Gasol. That's right. A 2008 first round draft pick... Dante Green, later selected, and a 2010 first round draft pick, Gravis Vasquez, was later selected. Um, At the time, (laughs) this was considered one of the worst trades. Uh, Greg Popovich was basically calling out David Stern because he. They wanted
1: him to veto it. Exactly. um, And I I mean, honestly, like. They won two titles, Lakers. Did. They did. So they won,
0: and we also got uh, one of the most important members, if not the most important member of uh, yeah. the franchise. Out of all
1: of that, we had one, two, three, four, five. So we had four players and two first round draft picks, and one of them became something. Yeah. Which is crazy.
0: It was crazy. But two, it was
1: Mark, and Mark was the man.
0: It was Marcus Saw. 2009, as part, this is another big one. As part of a three team trade, the Memphis Grizzlies traded. Kyle Lowry to the Houston Rockets. Big trade, too. The Houston Rockets traded Rafer Alston to the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic traded Brian Cook to the Houston Rockets. The Orlando Magic traded Adonal Foyle, Mike Wilkes, and a 2009 first-round draft pick to the Memphis Grizzlies. Damari Carroll was later selected, and then he was sent off to another team and thrived. <laughs> that was a fun Gosh. time. 2010, no trades. 2011, oh, speaking of, traded Damari Carroll... Hashim to beat in a 2013 first round draft pick to the Houston Rockets for Shane Battier and Ish Smith.
1: Uh I Hilarious. would say this we had to was give up a first round pick just to get off to beat. And he was probably on his in his rookie deal at that point.
0: Andre Robertson was actually selected with that first round pick that we sent over to Houston. Um and I guess that ended up getting rerouted to OKC somehow, but I don't have that on my sheet. Uh, 2012. Shane Battier too was one of the most important pickups the of the he that sang. season. Oh yeah, as he hit Shane the three to bring home the first franchise's first playoff win. Yeah, 2012 traded Sam Young to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ricky Sanchez. 2013, Ricky Sanchez. <laughs> we traded Ricky Sanchez to the Miami Heat for Dexter Pittman, he just
1: couldn't ca- cut it, he couldn't cash cut it.
0: and a 2013 second round draft pick. Um, I noted also the Rudy Gay trade was actually three weeks earlier. Um, so I didn't break my rule for the Rudy Gay trade, but I did for the Pau Gasol trade. I could only break it once. Uh, 2014, no trades. 2015, uh, no trades. But I will say a month and a half before the deadline, we had the infamous Jeff Green trade. Jeff. That we're still man, uh, we're going to have to pay up you're this doing offseason. Okay. I'm sure you are. 2016, as part of a three, Brantley's going to like this one. As part of a three-team trade, the Memphis Grizzlies traded Courtney Lee to the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets traded P.J. Hairston, a 2018 second-round pick, and a 2019 second-round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Charlotte Hornets traded Brian Roberts to the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat traded Chris Anderson, a 2018 second-round draft pick. Guess who was selected with this pick? DeAnthony Melton. Mm. We had to, That somehow Comes got back rerouted around. to... Uh, to Phoenix, who picked him. But anyway, and a second-round draft pick to the Memphis Grizzlies, so we got Chris Anderson in that deal. 2017, no trades. 2018, traded James Ennis to the Detroit Pistons for Bryce Johnson. Bryce Johnson in a 2022 second-round draft pick. And then 2019, last year, arguably the biggest biggest one of them all. Um, even bigger than 2008, yeah. you could say. We traded for Marcus Saw to the Toronto Raptors for C.J. Miles, Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, and a 2024 second round pick. And obviously this year, we had the trade that we've been talking about this entire time. So there's your trade deadline history. Um, lot a lot of duds, but also there's some diamonds in there as well. Yeah. Including um, the one we just did, which is a diamond. That's exactly right. For sure. That's a win. All right, Ty, it's time to get out of here. Let's do hammer nail coffin. Um, so I'll start. I We, we mentioned it. Uh, just a few short minutes ago, I'm going to be watching Josh Jackson for the next uh, couple of weeks uh, because Justice Winslow, we don't necessarily know the timeline. We've had a few people speculate that uh, it could be as soon as after the All-Star break that yep. we could see him. I think it's a great, great timing to have that week-long break. Which is late
1: February mm-hmm. is when we would expect that. Right. And um, So roughly three weeks, three or four weeks.
0: So Kyle Anderson, we expect to probably start, but Josh yep. Jackson will be that guy at the three off yeah. the bench. Uh, Melton will, will also go back and forth uh, between the two and the three. We'll see what Taylor Jenkins does, but I think this is his opportunity to show the oh, franchise. This is, I can be a long-term uh, player on your team and also to show the league just for him in general yeah. that
1: he can still play. Yep. Um, um, so that's who I'm going to be watching. I like that too. Yeah. Um, I think the rotation is going to get tighter. It's obviously going to have to, because uh, Jang again is is that center, and we again we were talking about this earlier too. So the rotation is JV and Jaron start, BC comes in for JV, and they they run together. So Jaron at the five, and then the second quarter starts. Brandon Clark usually stays and plays with Jonas for a little bit. So basically, your four and your five are those three in rotation pretty much all the time. Um, Solo would come in and play a little four. Uh, that would kind of be his main spot is playing the four. I guess you could sometimes slide Jay to the four. Kyle Anderson kind of played the four, but your center spot is usually JV and Jaren. So it's going to be interest, interesting to see how Jane kind of fits in there because I think he will play for sure because I think he can help us out. Um, but I'm I'm I mean I'm going to be watching Josh Jackson too. I can't wait for Winslow to come. I think that's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be like really fired up. I think when young players get traded sometimes they're like okay this I'm going to show everyone. Why you shouldn't have traded me? Um, I hope that's the case. He kind of seems like that kind of guy too. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Jackson is going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch. I think he's going to get a lot of run. I would love to see him kind of play with the starters a little bit. Um, maybe take out. I don't. I don't. I think Kyle should start for sure, but play with those other four guys. Uh, meaning Ja, Dylan, um, Jaron, and either BC or or JV. Um, So the next kind of upcoming games, we play Philly tomorrow. They are playing Milwaukee right now. So they will be coming off of a back-to-back. They've kind of been all over the place. They have way more talent than we do. So if talent just wins out, they're going to beat us for sure because they're a really talented team. They're long. They're super athletic. But, again, Embiid, I I can see JV kind of holding his own a little bit. Um, Then we play at Washington. Obviously, they're not very good, um, so we could easily win that. This is Sunday. And then we have a break until Wednesday when we play at home against Portland. That is the game of these next little stretch that I'm going to be fired up about. Absolutely. Um, First of three. We haven't played them yet, and we are the eight and nine seed. Yeah, and they are, I believe, a game and a half back right now, or is it two? Uh, I think it's two. Two games back from us. Um, If they beat us, that is one game they advance, so then they would only be one game back. Yeah. That game is going to be very important, and I think our guys are going to know that, and I think they're going to be fired up. It's at home after a two-game road trip, um, three including this past Dallas game. I cannot wait for the Portland game. I cannot wait to see John Dame, to be honest. Uh, They're not going to guard each other very well because no one in the league could guard Dame, apparently. He's just going nuts, and he's not a great defender. Notoriously, Conley used to just toast him in playoff series. So that could be like a really fun matchup. I'm excited to see that game. And then right after that, uh, the Grizzlies play the Kings four game road trip which is we're on the road a lot so we go basically we just had Dallas on the road Philly on the road Washington on the road we're home for Portland next Wednesday but then we go on a four game four game west coast road trip Sacramento the two LA teams and then Houston and then back home for Sacramento again we're gonna be watching John ja Morant against Damian Lillard and against
0: De'Aaron Fox that'll be back to back games uh, but but We do have the All Star break after Portland. Yeah, just noting that. So there will be a long break. Um, We'll be back with you next week. Um, What a trade deadline this was! Let's go.
1: A reason to be excited.
0: A reason to be excited.
1: Grizz next gen is just.
0: Icing on the cake, baby. That's awesome. That's all it is, icing on the cake. Thanks for joining us. For Ty, I'm Will. This has been another edition of the Grizzden Pod. We'll talk to you soon.